Hi, I am Olumide Olainka. A big hello and welcome to the Startup Lagos podcast. A podcast dedicated to highlighting the bubbling scene of the growing startup community of the city of Lagos. On the show, get to hear inspiring stories from founders, entrepreneurs, investors, corporates, and other ecosystem stakeholders. To subscribe to us, visit podcast.startuplagos.co. Stay tuned with us. Stay pumped. It's titled Your People, Your Business. And um, I'd like us to just give a round of applause and, you know, let's keep the energy going. Thank you, Ayo. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Okay. Um, I'm so excited to be here this morning. And um, from the topic that we'll be sharing, um, I'll introduce myself. My name is Tom Roberts, and I'm the founder and managing consultant at HR on Wheels. And HR on Wheels is a human resource consulting firm. And we're very passionate about SMEs getting their people strategy right. Because one of the things I have personally experienced is that um, people are the biggest pain points that many SME owners face in their businesses. So I'm going to be sharing very quickly with you, because we have very limited time, about um, my experiences with two different types of clients and why you need to pay attention to your people. Now, um, the first client, I would not disclose the industry, but I would tell you a bit about how long they've been in business and um, their experiences dealing with their people. Um, the first client has been in business for over 25 years. And when, I was, when my firm was consulted, was, contract, was contacted to come and um, consult for them because they were having... Um, people issues, um, we went in there. Sorry, excuse me. We went in there and we started the diagnostic um, process. And what um, jumped at us when we started conversing with the employees is the fact that they were totally disengaged from the owner and founder of the business. And what do I mean by the word disengage? We ask them certain questions. What is the vision and mission statement of this organization? I tell you, we interviewed about 10 employees. None of them could articulate why the business exists or where the direction the business was going to. And it was quite alarming because they come in every single day, leave their homes in the morning and come to work the employer has people, has bodies, as I would like to call them, but the bodies do not share the vision of the employer. And what that means is that the employer on his own end was frustrated because his people did not understand or share the passion of the business. And the people on their end felt frustrated that the employer was not um, able to guide them, was not able to provide the information they need to be able to thrive part-time in their job. So what they were constantly having was a series of performance issues because when there's a breakdown in 
um, in communication or there's a breakdown in how people share your vision. If, for instance, if we say that let's head towards this door, if I don't tell you that let's head towards this door and I just say let's head out, you don't know where we're going to. So you can head out through the back door and then I head out through the front, front door. So it means that our objectives do not align. And that's the case we've found with many businesses. Now, I will share the other business we experience that I had with you. There have been several. Um, it's a five-year-old company. And because of the background, interestingly, I'll tell you the industry. Both of them are accounting firms. And um, they were both opportune to work with one of the big fours, as we would like to call them. But the approach the first person took to his business was such that the business is all about me, me, and what I can get from it. While the approach the other person took is, I want to build a business that would outlive me. Remove me from the equation. I want the business to be able to function anytime, any day. And I'll tell you how the relationship differs between these two um, businesses before I go into my slides. So this is just like the intro to what we're going to be talking about very quickly. And the, the second business I was telling you about, his approach is consultative. When I say consultative, it doesn't make unilateral decisions without considering his people. I see a lot of business owners, because you are the CEO, the founder of the business, you want to impose all the knowledge, you want to um, be the one to make all the decisions, but the people that would execute the work, because you can't do it alone. If you could do it alone, I don't know why people then um, bother hiring employees. Um, the other um, business we consulted for that I was telling you about, he would call his team members and say, can we do this? This is our target. It's, it was more we, 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 we than I, 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 I. And I can tell you that that business, since we started consulting for them two years ago, the owner of the business is gradually removing himself from the day-to-day -day operations of the business because he has empowered his people to be able to make decisions that would continue to move the company forward. So that's the difference. And I'm going to tell you um, a notion that, you know, relates, that ties the two separate businesses together. It's there are SMEs and there are self-employed people. So the question I'm going to ask you this morning, each and every one of you, if you're a business owner, is are you building a business or are you self-employed? By the end of this um, presentation, I'm going to be telling you the difference between the two. And then you will decide how you want to approach your business going forward. But let me go back to the slides. It's a bit light. I'm not sure I can see. Okay, so this morning, basically, based on the background story that I've just given you, I'm just going to be telling you about um, some of the reasons why you must pay attention to the human resource um, function in your businesses. A lot of people will say, ah, is it not just to hire people? I can just hire anybody. Um, there's, what, what do they do? What, what do I need to know? Really, um, the human relationship is the most complex relationship that ever exists. Because um, what I'm thinking, where I'm going, 
all of those things, you don't know it in your head. And so if you hire me and you're not able to marry my agenda as a person with that of your business, um, you will realize that you're constantly um, eating a wall and there's no progress made on your end. Um, so we're going to be quickly looking at the overview to this discourse. Um, we're going to introduce you to sound ethical human resource management practices that you can adopt in your small businesses. And at the end of this, we hope that you'll be able to understand the importance of putting in formidable HR structure in your businesses. You would also look at the recruitment process. I know a lot of SME owners, the biggest pain point is finding the right people to work for you. So we're going to be very briefly talking about that. Um, importance of a workforce plan, how to reward and motivate employees for performance, how to onboard new employees, and effective employee engagement strategies for retention. We'll also talk about performance management. Okay. Okay, so I've introduced myself, so we'll skip this part. But my company, again, is HR on Wheels, and um, we are available to help you if you do need any help with managing your people. Okay, so um, the need for people, I think I pressed that. The need for people in your business. We've said here that your people equals your bottom line. What this simply means is that um, if you do not treat your people well, it would ultimately affect your, business, your bottom line. What that means, in essence, in plain terms, is that if your employees are not happy, there's no way they can treat your customers well. And ultimately, they will drive away your customers, either deliberately or um, otherwise. So your, your people equals your bottom line. How you treat them has a direct correlation with how your business performs. We've said also that people are an integral part of the business success equ equation. That's um, the same thing that I mentioned earlier. And then that recruitment is finding the right people. So this point about recruitment, like I said, um, a lot of SMEs struggle with finding um, talent. Some people will say, oh, I can't afford it. Oh, um, people, the people out there are not qualified enough. But what about grooming your talent? Um, you can actually groom your talent as an SME owner. I understand that, you know, as an SME owner, your budget is lean and you can't afford um, a lot of money on the onset to hire the top talent. But one of the things that we're going to talk about this morning, and I'll just go straight into it, is the fact that if you groom your talent, if, for instance, you have an internship program that says, I will look for someone with a minimum skill set that is required to grow with me in my business. I would invest in their development one way or the other, either personally or by enlisting them or enrolling them for a course online, physical classroom courses. And, but if you get the people vested in your business from the beginning, that way you know that these people will, you, you are depositing something inside of them that makes them want to continue to stay with you because it's not all about what you can get. It's more about the opportunity you can provide for them 
in your business. So um, we'll talk about the recruitment process. We've said here that who is your ideal employee? Um, a lot of people will say, oh, the person must have MSc, PhD, um, all the qualifications and all of that. But the ideal employee for every business is quite different. And I would explain why I said that. If I've just started my business in maybe in 2019 and I need a business development manager, the business development manager I'm going to be looking for is not the business development manager for MTN. That's the reality. Because I will not, as a small business, be able to afford the business development manager at MTN. So, what must I do to identify the kind of person that will become my own business development manager that can be comparable to the business development manager at MTN? So, that is the process of coming up with your ideal employee profile. Meaning, you sit down, look at your business what milestones do you want to achieve in your business? That is, in year one, six months, you have to have a plan. And that plan also has to translate to your people. That's the equation many SME owners fail to plan for. If you plan for your business and you do not plan for your people, there will be a misalignment and you will get frustrated. But if you look at, okay, this business idea, I want to launch it. Who and who must I hire to be able to launch it? What is the minimum skill set that who and who I want to hire must have for me to be able to move from where I am to where I want to be? So that's the planning. But a lot of people just wake up, plan for the business, have a marketing strategy, get funding, and then hit the ground running. With leaving out the people equation is setting yourself up for failure. Um, so, we've said here, I've, I've told you very briefly, so you have to list the skill set, um, the minimum skill set they must have, you have to list um, the experiences that they must have, is it similar to your industry, if they don't have experience, how are you going to handhold them, or what programs or interventions are you going to put in place to make sure that they can quickly become all that you want them to become for your business, okay, so that's just... Um, um, how the process of the ideal employee profile, we call it an idea, we call it the ideal employee profile. That's the process um, you would have to go through. Can you go back to that slide, please? So we've said creating an employer brand. Um, I'll talk about this. I said you should go back to it because it's very important. We've interviewed for a couple of clients before in my experience, and the minutes employees hear the name. So usually during the first stage of the recruitment, we don't disclose the identity of the clients. By the second phase, we disclose. And they are small businesses, by the way, so they are not big brands. But because employees, the candidates that come through to us or that have come through to our doors, they've had a very terrible experience or they know somebody that has had a bad experience with that employer. The minute we disclose that this is the employer, some of them will just tell us we are no longer interested. We are no longer interested. And you're wondering, but you're looking for a job. Why are you no longer interested? They've gathered information. They've gathered information about the owner of the business, 
about the business itself. Are they people of integrity? Do they pay salaries on time? How do they treat their people? So they've gathered information. And the information they've gathered just, you know, is not favorable to them for them to go in there and say they want to, to work there. So a lot of them will say, I'd rather stay unemployed than go and trap myself with a bad employer. So what we are saying here with the employer brand is that you must pay attention as an SME owner. You may not have a lot of money right now to hire the best talent, but you must always remember that your business is a brand. And the reputation you give to it from when you start is what will follow you even when you become a big company that everybody is aspiring to work for. So you must, as a matter of fact, protect your reputation as an employer. Treat your employees well. Okay. Um, so, treating your employees well, I'll just mention a few points, pointers so that you know. If you ask someone to come for an interview in your office, please make sure it is a time that is convenient for you. Don't keep them waiting. It leaves a distasteful um, feeling. In, with, with the, it leaves a, a, a distasteful it gives them a distaste in their mouth. So you must make sure you treat them like human beings. They are not slaves. Treat them with dignity and with honor. You know, that way they'll say, ah, when we went in there, I was treated like a king. I was treated like a queen. The reception was amazing. Even, if, even though I didn't get the job, but they'll begin to aspire to work with you. They will share your vision. They'll be like, ah, that place, it looks like they're going places. But if you treat them shabbily, then they will leave there and be like, ah, I don't even think I want to work there. And then everybody else that they know that was there, that they went and went there, we sat out for four hours. They didn't see us. They just kept us waiting and they were going and they were coming. So that's part of the employer brand. I've also mentioned salaries. If you hire people, pay them on time. If you do not have, communicate. Let them know. And if you need to lay off, lay people off um, properly so that they know that it wasn't a case of you didn't communicate. So those are the little, little things that will contribute to whether you have a positive employer brand or you have a negative employer brand. Okay? So, fast facts. The labor market is getting more competitive. People are more mobile than they used to be. That's the truth. Uh, many millennials of Generation Z, as they're called now, do not want to be trapped in one particular job. And they do not want to be trapped in the conventional way of a nine-to-five. So as a small business owner, you need to be creative. You need to look at how you can get people to work for you based on the trend. Because it's a trend. You either go with the trend or you get left behind. So you need to make sure that you're catching up with the trend in the strategies that you come up with for your business. So if you don't need somebody to sit down from Monday to Friday, if it's twice a week, um, between certain hours, and this is how much you can pay. The person can have three jobs. And at the end of the day, the person adding up all the salaries from the three jobs will be satisfied and feel fulfilled. But if you say, no, I want you to come and sit in my office from 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, but you're paying them peanuts, sooner or later, they will leave because there will be opportunities that would allow for them to be flexible and then earn as much money as they desire. So, you have to bear that in mind. So the second point is large organizations continue to lay off more and more people. And um, employ SMEs are experiencing a higher demand. A lot of SMEs are saying, oh, we're looking for people, but we can't find people. That's where creativity comes in. You have to be creative about how you source for talent. 
Okay. Um, so I've talked about the employer brand. I won't um, belabor it. And then, so we've said that how you make employees feel on the first day they show up in your office, whether as a contractor, whether as a full-time employee or a part-time employee, how you make them feel will determine whether they will stay with you the long haul or they will pack their bags after a short period and disappear. And we've stated here the importance of making sure you onboard employees properly. Um, from our findings and several researches that have been done online, one of the biggest issues that many candidates face or many em new employees face is the fact that when they get into a new job, they get lost. I hope you understand what that means. It means that they do not know their left from their right. They do, not they do not understand the expectations of the job. And it's um, understandable for small businesses because the SME owner or the um, startup founder is busy looking for how to make sure the money adds up. So typically what happens is that the employee is left to look around and find their way and find their feet. But one of the greatest frustrations anybody faces in life, and I can relate, is not knowing where you're going to. When you're aimless, you, you lose energy, you burn energy, and at the end of the day, you're like, please, where am I even going? Let me just sit down. Let me sit down and wait. And that's one of the things that many employees struggle with. So we've said here about the importance of making sure that this function if you don't get any other one right, if you're, still, if you're still a beginner with any other function that relates to hiring and then managing people, please do not treat how you onboard and induct your new employees in your organizations. Do not treat it very lightly. Okay, so we've said that you, some of the things you need to do, you must make sure that you are prepared. It's not on the day you've, you've given someone a, um, a contract of an employment contract or employment letter and then you told them to come and resume. Then they come. Then you're like, hey, okay, so what am I going to, uh, what are you going to be doing? And you know what, go and sit down. Let me think about it. And then the person says, okay, day one, they sat down. They are just looking at you. No computer. Day one, no, um, you, you have not told them about the role expectations. They're just sitting down. And then all of a sudden, they're just sitting down. You begin to get frustrated. Now, why are you just sitting down? Is that why I hired you? But you have not told him why you hired him. So it's natural for them to sit down and wait for you for direction. So that's why I'm saying that you need to make sure that before you hire or when you do hire, you have planned for the arrival of your new employee. If you don't need an employee, you need to have known that you don't need the employee. So if you need the employee, immediately they come. You're like, ah, welcome. I've been waiting for you. You are the Messiah that this business has been longing for, right? Um, so, basically, make sure you take this function very seriously. It helps you to attract and retain great talent. It also engages employees early on what the organization and job entails. You're able to tell them about your vision, your mission, your value system, everything you stand for, if you do this um, well. And it's easy for them to buy into the vision and continue to run with it. So, um, the other slide we created... We've said that you must treat a, uh, your employees as customers. A lot of SME owners have been reported. Now, nah, I can't validate this. So I would say reported. They've been reported to treat employees very badly. 
some SME owners would abuse employees, will use um, 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 words that you shouldn't even use on your children, on your employees, because you pay them a salary. I'm sure none of such employ, um, employers exist here. But we've said here that it is very important that you treat your employees as customers. If you look at your employees, the way you look at your customers, that they are bringing value to you. That way, you will treat them well and you treat them fairly. And some of the benefits increases productivity and employee loyalty. So if an employee is in your office and you come in and you say, oh, good morning, you are not waiting for your employee to greet you. It's not a power tussle. They are there because you need them. So you need to make sure you are treating them with the respect that is due to them. It increases productivity and employee loyalty. It builds stronger customer relationships because they, they will go the extra mile to do what needs to be done to retain your customers. They would also help you to um, retain them because they feel like they are part of the family. They are part of the business. They share the vision. So you, they will carry it on their heads even more than you if you treat them well. Um, it also results in less stress and fewer sick days. So if you have an employee that is always calling in sick, that employee is disengaged. That employee is on their way out. They don't feel treated right. So you need to change the perception and you will see um, better results. So engage, employee engagement strategies. Employee engagement is just saying that um, on a scale of, we, we use employee engagement surveys to measure employee satisfaction. So you're just saying that how well are my employees, how satisfied are they working for my organization? And typically, you need to have preempted this, um, this um, feeling or this behavior by your actions. And some of the things you need to do to ensure that employees are fully engaged is you need to create a clear career progression path. I stated that if you don't need the employee, don't hire them. They need to know where they are going with you. They need to know, okay, I'm here as a sales officer. In two years' time, will this business still exist? In three years' time, do I see myself rising up to the position of sales manager? They need to understand how they will grow as your business grows. That's why I said that I'm going to explain when I round up and then you decide for yourselves whether you are a self-employed person or you are an SME owner. Now, employee engagement also helps you to, um, for you to also derive the benefits of employees saying that they are satisfied working with you. You need to recognize and appreciate good work. When your employees do good work, appreciate them. Don't ignore it. And then when the only time they hear your voice is when they've done something wrong. Tell them that was amazing. That was great. Validate them. Okay? Um, create a two-way communication channel and provide an opportunity for them to derive a sense of accomplishment in their work. What that means is that you need to make sure that employees can contribute positively. Don't always let it be, I am the CEO, and it has to be my way or nothing. As for their input, if we do it this way, what will the results be? So adopt a consultative approach to dealing with your employees. It would help you. The creativity that will come from adopting that approach would amaze you. So um, make sure they have a sense of accomplishment in what they do. Um, set realistic and fair job performance and tasks. Don't set your employees up for failure. A lot of people, people do it. You just keep saying, should be I have an employee. All the work that needs to be done, you're loading it on them. Loading it on them. And then you're setting unrealistic timelines. 
that way you are setting them up for failure. Okay? Um, we've listed the benefits there and I listed it earlier. So I'll just say less absenteeism, increased loyalty, lower turnover rates. When your employees are satisfied, there's nowhere they are going. Even you, you'll be like, ah, okay, where are we going to be able to pay you? And they're like, oh, no, it's not about money. I'm just enjoying my work. So you need to make sure employees are enjoying their work and they will stay with you. So performance management um, is what happens when you set goals. You need to measure them. If you're not measuring the goals that you set, then there was no, there was no point for setting those goals. So you need to make sure that if you assign little tasks, Say, for instance, we need, to, um, we need to run a training program this month, and we need to have 10 participants that are paid. That is a goal because we've set it's specific, it's measurable, it's time-bound, it's um, realistic. So they have to be set uh, with the SMART goals um, acronym in mind. And what that means is that after we've set those SMART goals, we need to be able to measure the day achieve it? Why didn't they achieve it? What can we do better? So having a performance management system, however simplified, it doesn't have to be big, however simplified the system is, would help you to measure how well employees are growing and how they are doing on the job. And it also gives them feedback because they're also saying, okay, my boss expects me to do this. Am I doing it well? What do I need to do? Do I need training? Do I need to read more books? So that way there's a there's um, feedback for both parties um, in the process. Okay, I think that's the last slide. Um, for more, we, you can follow us on um, Instagram. You can check our LinkedIn. We, ha we run webinars as well, so you can um, tell you more about how to implement all of these things that I just breezed over because the HR function is much more than this. If I took each of the topics, I probably won't finish in a day. But I've just glossed over them so that at least you understand the importance of having this in your business and what it can do for your business. Now to the point I made when I started. I asked if you were a self-employed person or you are an SME owner. To be self-employed means that you are, you've started a business for survival, right? But to be a, a, an SME owner or a business owner means you are building a business that would outlive you. You are putting in structures such that two years, five years, ten years, people can come and say, we want to buy this business over. But if your approach is me, 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 and me, then your business will fizzle when your interests fizzle. So thank you all very much for listening. I hope I made one or two points that resonated with you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned to our next episode. Subscribe to us at Startup Lagos on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Visit us at www.startuplagos.co.